welcome to the Handmade Business Diary podcast brought to you by Craft Savvy Market. Today's episode is hosted by Jande, one of the four co-founders of Craft Savvy Market. At Craft Savvy Market, our mission is to connect handmade makers with customers through craft events in the Atlanta area, um, but also provide resources for makers. We are four friends who love crafting together, and we decided to create a business that would help other hand makers soar. Since launching in 2017, we brought our mission to life through curated craft markets, online conferences, and powerful digital resources. So welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we're so excited because we're going to be talking a little bit about business growth, but we're also going to be introducing you to a wonderful maker and her handmade business. Um, and today we're talking about business growth as a handmade business, which can be kind of scary for handmakers. You you won't believe it is a little scary. Um, and so today we just want to welcome Anitra Terrell of Reflection Design to the Handmade Business Podcast. Welcome, Anitra. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jandy. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, no problem. It is our pleasure. So before we even get started on talking about um, the topic of sort of growing your business and how you were able to do that um, successfully, your handmade business, we want you to first just introduce yourself to our audience, tell us who you are, tell us a little bit about your business. If you want to share a little bit about how you got into your handmade business, go right ahead. Okay, so uh, I started Reflection Design around 2014. Uh, again, my name is Anitra Terrell, and uh, I work with artisans in East and West Africa to uh, create unique and vibrant uh, African home decor. So woven baskets, mud cloth textiles, olive wood bowls and tableware, uh, pillows, you name it. Um, and so, as I mentioned, I started around 2014 after I was laid off and I found myself at a crossroads, like, you know, like most of us have at various points in our lives, like, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. And so I decided, uh, instead of feeling defeated to kind of just sit still and think about the happiest moments in my life to this, mm -hmm. to that point mm -hmm. and a trip that I had taken to Ghana a few years prior kept coming up. I was there for two months. Uh, I was working at the time I was working in higher education. So I was there as a Fulbright scholar working with faculty at the University of Cape Coast. Um, but I was also hired as a textile buyer uh, by a museum in Ohio to purchase kente cloth for their permanent uh, collection. Mm -hmm. So in the mornings and the afternoons, I would work in academia. And then in the late afternoons and evenings and weekends, I would be in the artisan markets. I would be in villages with artisans, kind of learning and, and really seeing up close how all kinds of beautiful African artistry is made. Everything from a thick cloth to kente to mud cloth, uh, wood masks, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so I had that transformative experience and it kept coming up, but I still didn't know what to really do with that. Uh, until one day I was in the store shopping for bedding and I was looking at things and I was thinking these items are nice, but they're not really me. They don't really reflect who I am, patterns and colors that speak to me. 
And so that was the light bulb moment. I realized at that time there was a huge uh, void in the marketplace for authentic African decor mm-hmm. um, that really reflects the style and the cultural heritage of people across the African diaspora. And mm-hmm. so Reflection Design was born. Wow, I love that, that you um, were inspired on a trip, a work trip at that. I love that. And this really hits home because I'm, I'm just going to share this. My mom, uh, I'm well, all four of us are originally from Liberia, West Africa. And yes. I remember my mom, before she moved back home, she really took her time, I want to say, incorporating elements of home back into, yes. into our home, into our house, like whether it was from the pillows to um, she loves color and mud cloth, like the design you have behind you. She was really able to bring pieces of home into our family, which of course at the time we weren't there. So that was that was always something. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly enough, I I was inspired by that. And so now in my home, I'm trying, I was just talking to someone about how can I get um I was about to call her, how can I get some more mud cloth, like pillows and things of that nature back into my home? So I love, I just love that you were inspired by something that I think for some people, um, I, how do I put this, could be, could have been sort of a, an experience that was intimidating or an experience where they might say, oh, this is so different from from me, or this isn't, I'm not used to this, but I love that you were able to, just in visiting the different areas to say, oh, wow, this is something, this is an area I could help with. This is an area I could bring back with me. Um, and then you took a neg, uh, what most people see as a negative uh, 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 thing, a negative event in life, yeah. and you yeah. were able to like make it work. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love well, that. thank you for sharing that because um, I think what you said about your mom being intentional about creating a home mm-hmm. that reflected home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's very powerful because now her children see this mm-hmm. and they grow up seeing it and they grow up with an appreciation and a knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. that's how it starts and then now you create your home mm-hmm. with that same knowledge and appreciation and understanding and then it goes on you know yeah. to the ne- next generation next generation I think that's where the um your point about thinking oh, this isn't me, or I can't relate to this. I think the more we incorporate our culture into our lives in a mm-hmm. positive way, the mm-hmm. less uh, detached we feel from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're right. Mm-hmm. And so if all we see are either negative depictions of Africa or negative depictions of uh, even co- Black culture here in the U.S., then that's all we'll associate with it. But when we show mm-hmm. our children, when we show ourselves, what we create is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And these are things we've done for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. This is it mass produced. This is by hand. This is our heart, our soul, our talent, our minds at work. Mm-hmm. And when we show our families and our communities that we could change the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most important things that um, I like to get across with yeah. reflection design is showing people that your home is more than just a place where you eat and sleep. 
it tells your story. It tells the, the story of your ancestors and it can empower you and it can empower your children as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for that. The background to your business. And um, so I want to ask you, and you kind of mentioned a little bit, um, I know just as a Liberian that Africa was not always cool. Um, yes. There was a time when even for me growing up here as a teenager, where I almost, I, I wanted to bury that aspect of my life because it just took so much explaining. It took so right. much of me trying to break down negative ideas that people had about um, Africa. So I want to ask, in terms of your business, what what was that journey like? Because I think, I would say in maybe the last four or five years, I think Africa has sort of started to be something that is not so foreign, especially mm -hmm. the Black Americans. Um, so I, I want you to share a little bit about for your business, what did that look like, that journey? And then how how was that growth for your business? Because I'm assuming, I don't know, I'm assuming that maybe when you started you had to do a little work with that as well. I started the business making pillows. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother taught me how to sew around 12 years old. So I figured I love textiles. That's one of my mm -hmm. favorite ancestral crafts from Africa is textiles. Mm -hmm. And so I said, let me start there. I know how to sew. I'll make pillows. Mm -hmm. And there it's an item that, you know, most of us need in our home. Yes. It's mm -hmm. it's approachable. You know, it's not something where you have to do a lot of explaining. Mm -hmm. Maybe if there's symbols on the pattern, you may have to explain what the symbols mean. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, you look at a pillow, you know what it is immediately. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I started with something that was very approachable, something that uh, most people already need or at least will be looking for at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, and the response was great. You know, as I grew into offering uh, more decorative items like wood masks and mud cloth and uh, woven fans, Ankara fans. Um, through that growth came a lot of questions about, you know, is this fair trade? Um, are you donating a percentage of sales to the artisans? Um, to your point about stereotypes and assumptions about the continent, there was always this question of, um, how kind of how are you helping the the poor Africans that make these items? Mm -hmm. And so I had to do a lot of educating. Like, let me explain something to y'all. <laughs> uh, trade has been a part of African culture throughout the continent yeah. for it, you know thousands of years, mm -hmm. if not more. Mm -hmm. So there's there. There isn't a there's there's not necessarily this oh let's go help the poor Africans. It's more so let let's find a reputable artisan group, a collective. There are many, and what I was intentional about doing was working with groups um, that already had an established um, collective. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I could place an order, and they have at least, you know, a handful, sometimes a dozen artisans already a part of their collective that are already making products for other businesses, by the way. Um, so they're very industrious. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a woe is me situation. It's a it's about economic empowerment, not charity. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we we collaborate on designs together. Um, they set the prices. You know, it's very different than what a lot of people think when they hear about uh, bringing in products from Africa, at least for the way I do business. It's mm-hmm. very much um, they get paid up front. There's no let me give you something on the back end. It's no, they're paid for all of it. All the items that I have them make, they're paid up front. So that way, not only are the artisans empowered economically, but it also sets future generations up for success because now they can afford to send their children to school, uh, which opens possibilities for them and so on. Mm-hmm. So the growth, with the growth came a lot of educating people on how you really can do business in Africa. And it's not always charity. It's not just charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so as as your business, um, so you started out with pillows and then you kind of branched out to other other artifacts, other items. How did you know it was time to branch out? And then how were you identifying what where to go next in terms of like, items? Was it more customer demanding things? Was it just you saying, hey, I think these things might work for me? What what was your process with that? Customer feedback is key. I send out surveys a couple times a year to my email subscribers, mm-hmm. asking them um, what are their pain points? What are they... What, what's frustrating when it, when, they're, when it comes to decorating their home, mm-hmm. what challenges are they facing, what products that they like to see, mm-hmm. and then just kind of finding, finding more about where they are in their journey. Is it someone who just bought a home? Is it someone who um, just moved into their first apartment? Like, where are they in life as it relates to home? Mm-hmm. And how can I provide items that will really make that part of their journey special and cultural? Mm-hmm. Um, so asking your customers and those types of questions, not just, Hey, this is what I'm offering. Do you want it? Mm-hmm. No, you need to ask them, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Where are you in your journey? Are you an empty nester? Do you still have children? Do you like to entertain at home? How often do you entertain? So that once you start getting that feedback in, you start to see, um, trends you start to see okay this this answer keeps coming up a lot a lot of people are saying they want this or a lot of people are saying they love to entertain Mm -hmm. they want to add some things to their table when they have family over for the holidays that they want something Mm -hmm. cultural and interesting Mm -hmm. so that kind of helps drive the direction of the types of products that I either make or work with the artisans to uh, create is customer feedback and if it's not through the email list, I also pay attention to what people are commenting on on my posts and social media. Mm. And you can also ask questions of, of your followers. You may not have an email list just yet, or it might be a small list, but you can always talk to your community online and ask them, you know, what are you shopping for this year for the holiday season, if at all? <laughs> um, what are the colors and patterns? And, and just kind of watch the comments or just post things and see how people respond to it. No, I love that because I think sometimes as makers, we're, or even creatives, we are like, I like what I like and that's what I like. And you can jump on board or not. So, but, but I love how you are 
saying that number one, collect information in order to determine where to go next with your, with your, in, from a business perspective, like what do people, where are people, what do they need? What do they want? And then you can go back to your drawing board and say, okay, based on that, maybe this is what I can offer. This is how I can solve some of their um, issues or their concerns. So I love that. I also like the fact that you're um, mentioning just talking to your community online. I think I think it's easy to look at social media as just like, I got to post to market as opposed to I can use this information to to learn and to figure things out, like what I'm doing well or what I need to do. Um, so I like that you're incorporating, or not just looking at social media as I'm just posting stuff. You know, I'm just trying to get my stuff sold, but like I'm collecting data also from my customers. Um, so in terms of um, business growth, because one of, one of the things I think Charlene noted was that she said, yeah, I've just really seen her grow, like her reach has grown, um, and, and certainly not overnight, but she just mentioned how, like she said, yeah, but I was, when I followed her initially, you know, she started out with, you know, five, 600 and, you know, and she just took off. So were there any opportunities um, that you feel like open the door for you? Or do you think a lot of that was just sort of a natural progression based on, you know, you getting feedback and you implementing things? Um, any thoughts about that? It was both. And okay. I, I appreciate that you said that it did not happen overnight because it did not. <laughs> it did not. It was, it was, my growth has been very organic. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of that to speak to what opportunities came about in the beginning, I was blessed to have a lot of uh, Black interior designers feature my products in their client homes. Mm -hmm. And so when those homes got press, um, I would be noted, you know, pillows from Reflection Design or my cloth from Reflection Design would be noted in the article or the press feature that they received. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening was from that, a lot of those press outlets started to reach out to me directly to want to feature um, either a particular product and they, they might do a gift guide, for example, mm -hmm. and they can reach out and say, hey, we're doing a gift guide and we want to feature your wood spoons from Kenya. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of those types of opportunities came about, uh, mm -hmm. which helped to drive a lot of the followers, a lot of the, the other press features and opportunities. It came from the relationships that I built with interior designers. Mm -hmm. um, to this day, they've been, um, you know, a, a blessing in that sense, that collaborative support. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're not in the home decor, whatever industry you're in, there's always a complementary industry mm -hmm. that you can establish relationships with individuals in those industries mm -hmm. um, and figure out ways to have your work featured, how to have their work features in a way that, that can help drive a lot of that growth in your business. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that tip. I'm, I'm taking notes, by the way. <laughs> I'm taking my notes. So um, we're going to pause for a second and just, I just want to reflect on some of the things that you just mentioned. Um,
So going into our, our next phase, what are some of the challenges that came along with the growth that perhaps you didn't necessarily expect or, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of just learned about some of those things as you as you grew and your business got bigger? This could be a whole nother episode, this question here. <laughs> so I'm going to try to keep it brief. Okay. Um, I will say one of the, the biggest challenges was having the resources to meet some of the, the opportunities and projects that were put before me. Mm -hmm. A lot of times as makers and artisans, we're just so happy for the opportunity. Yes. And we often say, I'll figure the rest out later. I just mm -hmm. want this big opportunity. Um, without necessarily fully understanding what that opportunity would entail, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily knowing what questions to ask, um, and not fully understanding the other side. Like, what if this opportunity does not go as planned? Then mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. Then what will you do? Yeah. Because normally that's who it falls on. Yeah. The maker, <laughs> the artisan. Yeah. So not asking those kinds of questions to yourself and the individual that is potentially partnering with you mm -hmm. um, or the entity or company, not asking those questions up front uh, can be a challenge because you never know how something is going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes you have to have the courage just to step back and say, this is for me, but maybe not right now. Mm. Or this is a great opportunity, but it's not for me, period. Mm -hmm. And being okay with that and not letting fear of missing this huge opportunity, air quotes, mm -hmm. uh, not, not having fear that that might not be for you. Uh -huh. It might sound good. It might sound good to others, but that might not be for you. So one of the challenges that I faced was coming to terms with that understanding. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to say no to opportunities. Um, sometimes you have to take a step back and think like, thank you for, for presenting this opportunity. I'm going to need a week or two mm. to think about this, mm -hmm. to really go over this. Here's questions that I have for you in the meantime. Mm. Let me, let me just give me a minute, you know, not saying yes to everything that comes your way. Uh, that's been the lesson on the other side of the challenges that I've, that mm. I've faced. Mm. No, that that's that's a word right there. Not saying yes. And then you mentioned um, not feeling or I think, like you said, responding out of fear that if I if I say this is not the right time, I'm, I won't get this opportunity again. Right. Or, or these people will say, oh, she's not willing to work with with others or whatever things we put in our head, which sometimes the people aren't even thinking about right <laughs> but right. um but yeah i love that advice just not being afraid to pause not being afraid to to think it over and to run through the scenarios you know and see if it's a good fit i think sometimes as makers especially for small businesses we feel like oh my gosh, if an opportunity comes up, why wouldn't I take it? You know, this may be what I've been looking for. Um, so I, I, I think that's powerful that you're saying sometimes you need to really reflect on, do I, do I have all that I need to make this go the way that I can represent my brand and I can represent mm -hmm. my business in the best way? 
Because yes. also, if it doesn't go well, you're representing your brand also. So, yes. yeah. So I I, I love that. Um, uh, that's giving me something to think about. But um, anything else you would add to that in terms of other um, other challenges that may be you besides the uh, reflecting on is this even for me or things that come up in in the midst say you say yes then then what else like are you are you struggling with anything or do you struggle with anything internal where you are like you know there's one thing that people talk about imposter syndrome like can mm -hmm. I even do this like it you know you know you kind of catch yourself like it, it, am I even able to do like what am I doing <laughs> do you um struggle or do you are, are any of those challenges things that you've dealt with um along your journey I think one challenge for another challenge for me has been uh slowing down mm -hmm. because as a solopreneur you typically wear all the hats mm-hmm and so you find yourself just going and going and going and going and trying to make it work and trying to, you know, sometimes you run into analysis paralysis, you're watching all the webinars, you're, you're taking all the workshops, you're doing all the things. Um, and sometimes for me, it's been a challenge just to slow down and say, what's going well? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. oftentimes as business owners, we spend a lot of our time putting out fires or responding to emails that really could wait. Mm -hmm. you know focusing on what's not going well yeah. or focusing on what's challenging mm -hmm. um but I've had to work on saying what is going well and that can be in terms of the systems that you have in place that could be in terms of your best sellers it mm -hmm. could be in terms of the people who uh your customers like who who are my star customers who are my repeat customers or people mm -hmm. that are the evangelists as they say that that always promote your stuff and always do unboxing videos without you having even having to ask. Mm -hmm. They just love what you do and they support you. Focusing on what is going well. Mm. And once you isolate those things and separate them from what isn't going well, you can say, okay, how do I hone in on that? How do I multiply that? What's going well? Let mm -hmm. me dig deeper into what's going well mm -hmm. and focus on that and mm -hmm. let go of the things that aren't going well because they aren't going well for a reason yeah maybe yeah. that's not what you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. that's why it's not going well right mm -hmm. the universe will tell you you're this is no mm -hmm. focus over here yeah. <laughs> yeah. but as a business owner we're like i can do all things and i can make it work and mm -hmm. you know um and so we, we get into that that trap so to speak of running on that that treadmill instead of slowing down and saying instead of growing fast let me slow down and grow smart and go steadily oh that's which good. has been a challenge yeah no that's good grow smart and grow steady not always fast <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and because yeah we're definitely in a time where we see success we see successful people and we want we want to get there. We we feel like, hey, I can do that. I deserve it. But not not taking a moment to like see the parts of the journey, right? Like you can get there overnight, but then what are you gonna do when you get there? <laughs> you get there. So yeah. yeah. So looking at like 
the things that you're doing well, looking at how you're serving customers, what what are the things that people are applauding you on and doing that makes a lot more sense than micro picking about what you might not be the best at as well. Or things that you have no control over. Because mm. And that's just life, period. A lot of times yeah. we, we spend time focused on things we have no control of or mm-hmm. mad or frustrated mm-hmm. about things we have no control over. Yeah. And again, that's one of the challenges that I'm, you know, working through is Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Perspective. Mm -hmm. That's good. I have no control over this. So why am I tripping? Why am I stressing? Yeah. 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 What I can't control. No, that's good. What are, what have been some of the positives? um, I mean, well, some of the positive aspects of growing your business and reaching more um, customers, reaching more places even um, with things that you love, that you've curated. What are some, what would you say some of the positive aspects of that are? It's it's reinforced mm-hmm. what I knew from the beginning, which mm-hmm. was, you know, people across the diaspora, we love our homes just like mm-hmm. every other group. We love our homes, we love our families, we love to entertain, we want to create a space that's beautiful, that's safe, Mm -hmm. and that reflects who we are. Mm -hmm. And after um, almost 10 years in business, I've realized that this is a good path. Um, Earlier this year, I created a show on YouTube called How We Live. Mm -hmm. And in the show, it's basically I interview people from across the African diaspora about their homes. And it's kind of like a home tour slash interview. You see images of their home. um, And we talk about not only what's in their home, but why and how did they come to this design choice that they made and what are the family heirlooms that they have. Mm -hmm. So these growth in the business has kind of afforded me the the confidence to create new projects like Mm -hmm. the YouTube series. because it's like, how can I push this further? How can I serve? How can I inspire even more people to add cultural artifacts to your home? Mm-hmm. What better way to do that than to show people that it's possible, to show people what it looks like, to show people that look like them mm-hmm. that it's being done. Yeah. And it's being done uniquely from one home to the next. We're not a monolith. So everyone home looks different. Everyone has different backgrounds, different stories. Um and so the growth has not only affirmed what I wanted to bring to the world from the very beginning, which mm-hmm. was showcasing us expressing joy at home, but also supporting the artisans, but also t- storytelling mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. showing examples. And growth has kind of given me the confidence to, to, to push into new projects and to mm-hmm. explore even more ways to tell those stories. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was checking out one of your episodes and I was inspired uh, greatly. And I'm going to go back and check out some of the other episodes. So in a second, we're going to ask you to tell us where we can find um, you on YouTube and, and all over um, social media. So our last question for you is what tips can you offer to makers and artisans who don't know where to start with growth. They're saying, I've been in this thing. I've been doing what the best that I can do. Um, Maybe things aren't working or maybe it feels really slow. Any tips that you can offer the person who might be in that spot right now listening to us? 
So oftentimes people like to say, when you go into business, you need to first figure out your why, mm-hmm. you know, why you want to be in business. And I, I think, and, and my experience has taught me it's equally important after you figure out the why is to figure out the what, what kind of life do I want to live mm-hmm. with my business? Mm-hmm. And how can I create a business that supports the life that I want to live? For example, we often are trying to fit a circle, a triangle, a trapezoid, whatever you want to call it. We're often trying to fit that into a square box. Mm-hmm. We are the circle. We are the triangles. We are the trapezoids. But we're trying to fit our life and our business into the square box of mm-hmm. what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. or what we think we should be doing or what we see other people doing on social media or Maybe sometimes it's the only example we know of what a business looks like. Mm -hmm. You may think and discover that I really don't need to be out in the forefront. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to create a business. I'm going to grow my business in a way that isn't necessarily focused on uh, trying to sell to individual customers. Mm -hmm. Maybe I grow in a way that means I'm going to sell to other businesses. Mm -hmm. I can Mm -hmm. get to larger order sizes. Mm -hmm. Maybe you decide, well, I want to uh, live in the U.S. half the year and then live in another country the other half of the year. How can I create a business or how? what are the next steps in terms of business growth that will allow me to do that? Maybe that means you are now creating digital products because now people can download, which doesn't require you to physically make everything. Maybe mm. you take what you do and you put it into classes, you put it into coursework whether it's crocheting, whether it's painting, whether it's fashion design, jewelry making, maybe you figure out a way to turn that into a digital product that can sell while you are in Liberia for six months out of the year, for example. So first, you know your why, or most of us know our why, why we wanted to become makers. Mm -hmm. But next you need to figure out what kind of life do you want? Mm -hmm. And and stop looking at what other people are doing. Mm Think about what you want. Everybody says, oh, I want to be on, on a, you know, I want to be featured in a magazine or I want celebrity clients or do you? <laughs> like right. ask yourself those hard questions mm-hmm. or do you really just want a business that allows you to make what you love and you have customers, mm-hmm. whomever that might be. Mm-hmm. but it's it's growing it's successful and it affords you to live the life that you want not necessarily the business you think you should have because oftentimes we are stressed out as mm-hmm. business owners we're stressed out we're, we're feeling lonely we're feeling overwhelmed because we are the circle trying to fit into the square box mm-hmm. we are the triangle trying to fit in this box of what we think or what someone told us how our business should be but in reality you might say well if I just sell to other businesses no one will know who I am really but you know there are a lot of successful businesses successful business owners millionaire business owners and we have no idea who they are right because they operate in different yeah types of business models mm-hmm. it's okay to not be the in the forefront or you know but again if that's what you do want right that's great. I'm not saying, you know, I'm saying, but first be, be 
very clear, especially if you're thinking about growth, because this is where we get tricky. We're like, why? Well, you know, I've been selling on Etsy for a while, and now I, you know, I want the influencers, and I want all this and the razzle dazzle. But it's like, do you, or are you doing that because you think that's what you're supposed to do, or you, or you want to look good when other people look at you from the mm -hmm. outside looking in? You want those people to be impressed. Mm -hmm. But on the inside, you're stressed out. You're doing things you don't want to do. You're making things you don't want to make. Mm -hmm. You're having to sell at prices you don't want to sell at because you're not selling to the right people. Mm. <laughs> so everyone's talking about pivoting. This is why yeah. a lot of people are realizing I haven't been doing this in a way that makes me happy mm -hmm. or makes me money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, woo. so people are pivoting. That's how we're hearing left and right. Everybody's pivoting because we're coming to realizations. If COVID didn't teach us nothing else, it taught us about the realizations. Yeah. Is this working? Is this yes. what I want? And is this working for, for me? Yeah. And I, you're right. I think many times we're used to sacrificing ourselves in the process of trying to achieve this dream but I love what you're saying that is that even your dream <laughs> is this mm -hmm. even what you want or is this somebody else's dream or somebody else's picture of what a business looks like that we're trying to fit into so that is so um so powerful and really I feel like after this episode, we just need to shut down for a minute and rethink, <laughs> rethink everything and just really figure it out. But you're right that if you don't know that information, you're always going to be uh, mimicking. You're always mm -hmm. going to be following a path that may not be where you are supposed to be. And that's mm -hmm. always going to bring unhappiness. That's mm -hmm. always bring stress and drudgery and just yeah it's, it's always going to be a burden if it's not what you really want or what you really envision for yourself or you're trying to do it somebody else's way so yeah you're right you're right I, I got all my notes <laughs> I got some reflection to do because as you were talking I, I I my handmade business is um uh, so, and one of the things I've always said was I, I just never enjoyed making garments for people. And so mm -hmm. what, what I had to figure out was this is not, you know, people always suggested, oh, you should do it. And I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that makes me unhappy. And so I knew that right off that mm -hmm. it was going to be that path, but I, I did, um, head wraps and, um, totes. So smaller accessories, which felt to me not as draining. Um, but I think even now I'm, I'm having to rethink because things in life are shifting. So, you know, do I still have the time to devote, even though it's it's not as intricate as an outfit, but do I really have the time to devote to um, the the products that I do make? And and if so, what does that look like? And if not, where do I go from there? So um, so you're absolutely right. I think I, I think my one of my takeaways from our conversation is that while growth is organic, it's also I think intentional from the maker perspective, because you need to know where you're growing to. 
because growing right. to some place where you don't want to be isn't fun either, right? Because now you're doing more, a little bit more work, but it's for something you don't, mm -hmm. you don't love, you don't, you're not enjoying it. And that, I, I think that would make the process, that doesn't, that doesn't make the journey fun if you're not, yeah. if you're not happy with what, whatever that, that place is. So. And well, once you figure out what type of life do you want and how can you create a business that supports that then you work backwards from there what do mm -hmm. I need to do to set myself up for success so that I have a business that supports the life because the key mm -hmm. is that the life comes first your life comes first mm -hmm. so that you especially when a lot of makers also have full-time jobs they also have children they also have spouses or partners so your life has to come first. So you have to say, how do I create a business that will support the life I want and mm -hmm. then work backwards from there? And 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 I, I like to say and and not be consumed by chasing clout. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because again, we see others and we're like, I'm I'm just as talented, if not more talented. You know, but it's like it's not about clout chasing. It's about creating the life you want. Because once you have that or once you start to see it unfolding, Mm -hmm. you're going to be surprised at how much better you feel. Yeah. Like clout. I don't need clout. Mm -hmm. I, I realized that I just made a sale that will allow me to take a, a two week vacation or a three week vacation or two month vacation, or that will allow me to, to support a nonprofit that I really wanted to, to support for a long time or, you know, support my niece or nephew and their educational endeavors. Like the life, the business is supporting the life not mm -hmm. draining the life. Yes. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a word. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anitra, for just sharing your journey. I, I know that people will be inspired to hear your story and to hear um, just your journey and just tips, because like you said earlier, we're all um, sometimes in silos just creating and we don't hear from other people doing the same thing enough and we don't learn from each other. We don't share, you know, what, what we've learned along the way with each other. So thank you so much for um, dedicating some of your time to, to just share that with our audience. Can you tell us where we can find you? We should have done this at the beginning of the episode, but tell us all the places we can find you, shop with you, and follow um, your journey and your business reflection design. You can shop the collection at reflectiondesign.com. And that's reflection with a K, not a C, reflectiondesign.com. I'm also on all social uh, at reflection design, as well as YouTube uh, reflection design. That's where you'll find me. Mm -hmm. And check out her YouTube series. Very inspirational. Because, uh, yeah, just check it out. Check it out. It just had me rethinking uh, some design stuff that I want to do. So check out her YouTube. Check out her page. See how you can incorporate some of her items into your home. And maybe watch the YouTube first if you're skeptical. Go to YouTube, watch that, and then go to her page. And I think you'll have some great ideas on how you can incorporate those things. So again, thank you so much, Anitra of Reflection Design. It was a pleasure speaking with you today on the Handmade Business Diary. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you, sis. I appreciate it. Okay.